0: listening dog media
1: this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network the offside rule we get it is brought to you by continental tires Hello and a very warm welcome to this Parisian edition of the Offside Rule. We get it. Kate Borset and Lindsay Hooper. How are you feeling this morning, Lindsay? Oh, um,
0: I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm going to be brave and say that I'm fine. Um, I have to say, I could get used to this. I think we should relocate to Paris for the Offside Rule every week, please, for the new Premier League season.
1: Let's tell you where we are. We're sat in a lovely square in the Latin Quarter of Paris, which is in the 5th. We are watching children play with pigeons, which sounds a bit random, but there's a lovely fountain in front of us. People enjoying brunch, fresh orange juice, coffee. We've needed this resuscitation, to be honest this morning to be able to talk to you lot at home <laughs> you, know, you know what else I can see right now a group of England fans because they did exactly what we
0: did they thought that England would top the group and they'd be watching them in the in the last 16 at Park the Prince but no it was Wales versus Northern Ireland that's why we're here and um, I have to say though coming here on the Eurostar we'll fill you in on that in a moment we were feeling quite optimistic about enjoying this game because of the fans and we have met some brilliant fans along the
1: way the last couple of days so we've held our hands up and we've admitted that we thought we were going to be seeing England um, but actually before the game we were really quite excited about coming here as a neutral and enjoying two teams who basically were just pleased to be here now that's nothing against Wales or Northern Ireland but you know making history I think it's only the second time that each team has reached the knockout stages of a major tournament so for them of course pretty new territory when we talk about the fans we thought we were going to be overwhelmed by Wales fans and we were up to a point but when it got to a few hours before the game it was all Northern Ireland wasn't it? We love the Northern Ireland fans, and they did not stop
0: bouncing from the moment. They just left the, the metro station, I think. Really, really good crack, to use an Irish term. <laughs> God, sorry, Irish listeners. <laughs> but they were brilliant, and we, we actually gathered underneath the Eiffel Tower was a big fan area, and that was where the Northern Ireland fans were congregating. There were a few Wales fans there, and they were all getting on very well. And one of the first things we witnessed, which was a lovely sight,
1: was some Northern Ireland fans saying to Wales, good luck in the game, to the Welsh fans. Really refreshing, you know, particularly because the last time we spoke to you from this tournament we were in Mm. Marseille, complete contrast there, really. Not that, you know, fans weren't getting on with each other it's just that they weren't getting on from opposing sides and I think it's been really refreshing and really good for the tournament that we've been able to put what happened in Marseille behind us hopefully um, and enjoy Paris the only downside, of course, of being in Paris that is it's a bit more spread out. There aren't too many fan hubs. There's a pub called the Bombardier where a lot of the Welsh fans are. As we said yesterday um, by the Eiffel Tower, a lot of the Northern Ireland fans were there. Um, so it's a little bit more spread out. So we haven't perhaps enjoyed as many random conversations with fans as we did in Marseille. No, but on match day itself, we got there
0: early doors, which meant that we could take in that atmosphere. And knowing that all these fans were going to be together, that was our cue to get amongst it. And we really did. And it, it was great. There was a few Northern Ireland fans who I thought weren't going to let us go for the entire day. It's like, you're just coming with us, um, draped drape a flag over us. And um, have to point out that we have been doing some Facebook Live videos. Um, we've got a YouTube video as well that's gone up. So keep across all of our platforms. We're at Offside Royal Pod on Twitter, which is a great way of getting an alert for anything that we do new we're on Facebook as well with a Facebook page where we've been going live we even try periscope so anyone who thinks
1: that we don't try these things I think we've answered that so what we're saying is we're really proud of ourselves <laughs> for embracing new technologies so am I at the age of over 35 it takes me <laughs> twice as long Yeah, so there are a couple of periscope videos one of which in fact the first one of which I brilliantly managed to record and it was one second long Score oh, one. Another,
0: another one where you drop the phone yeah. As we were live.
1: Which you can actually see on Twitter.
0: <laughs> um, we didn't know whether we were still recording that point, but we were. And it ends on a lovely face shot of you concentrating,
1: oh, yeah. trying to work out whether we were actually still on air or not. There is a super concentrating face at the end of that one as I work out how to switch the darn thing off. Anyway, so yeah, game day. Let's, let's, let's talk about being at the match. Um, I think I can confirm that Will Grigg's on fire. He was on fire, Kate. I think when we first turned up... we never got No-one ever got a chance to see him
0: on fire, though. No. We we love this song. We love the story behind the Northern Ireland fans getting to the tournament. So, when they were bouncing up and down, we were getting amongst the Will on fire as much as anyone. But by the end of the day, I have to say if I hear Will Griggs on fire again, I might implode. <laughs> We've had enough. Uh, it is now done. I think it's been overused <laughs> for us anyway, being there all day yesterday. But actually, there's going to be an adaptation potentially of that because on the on the metro on the way back we heard the
1: wales fans singing carnous on fire which i thought was just a blatant rip off wales yeah. fans sorry yeah. but you need to come up with your own on the game itself let's not talk too much about it lindsay because it was a pretty boring game a um, few chances for each side, but look, at the end of the day, Wales took their chance. It was an own goal. Um, I think it would have gone in anyway, to yeah. be honest. Um, pretty dire game, but look, the most important thing is that Wales are through now to the quarter final stages of this tournament. Some very happy Wales fans. There's a, there's a great YouTube video, by the way, that you must look at. Uh, it's the Offside Rule TV, our YouTube address. We spoke to quite a few Wales fans after the game and the overriding feeling was just that they were shocked and stunned and so tired after this amazing emotional roller coaster that they've been on. They were just dumbfounded. So there wasn't, you know, huge amounts of singing and jubilation and jumping like the Northern Ireland fans have been doing before the game. It was pretty muted and then we learned that a lot of fans had come there just for the day. So you can imagine how tired they were by nine o'clock last night.
0: Yeah, and they wouldn't have got here if they had done it for the day when uh, we were getting out to Paris because we had an 11-hour trip, an 8-hour delay, stranded
1: 25 minutes outside of Paris, but we'll, we'll gloss over that. <laughs> it could only happen to us in reality. We should have done a live webcast from, <laughs> from the siding, 25 kilometres outside Paris, shouldn't we? Um, um, so now, for Wales, Belgium or Hungary?
0: Yeah. And, and to be honest, I, I mean, to get to the quarterfinals as an achievement in itself, I can't see them getting much further. I was disappointed with them against Northern Ireland, um, well, particularly
1: they... after that Russia game as well.
0: Yeah, I really fancied them going into this and they didn't really turn up for the, the round of 16 games. So I think the nerves may have got the better of them for that one. And... It was always going to be a tight match because these, these teams, they do know a lot about each other. Like you say, it's, it's not very often that they have played each other, but they do know a lot about each other's players. Um, Gareth Bale, that cross was, was superb. And poor Gareth McCauley, it was an own goal. It's not really how he wanted to go out of the tournament, of course. But you couldn't really blame him for that because it was a quality cross. It was all about the atmosphere, though, for us. It wasn't really about that the match was quite dire. It isn't going to be something that when I'm 80, rocking in a chair, I'm going to be thinking, oh, what a game. What I will think is what an atmosphere, what a brilliant um... occasion for both sets of fans, really. Yeah, brilliant occasion and a a brilliant way of fans being supportive of each other and really embracing what is a a one-off tournament and a one-off
1: experience for them. For the holistic fan experience. (laughs) the female take on football. So England are about to play Iceland, let's look at what we've seen of England from the group stages. I think we went in with loads of optimism into this tournament and we've come out of that group stage really a little bit deflated and almost, I'm I'm going to suggest that almost that puts us in a better position than we were at the beginning of the tournament because we don't expect as much.
0: I feel like there is a belief among England fans that there has been enough positive signs that. If it all clicks, we really could, for want of stealing his phrase, go on fire. <laughs> the World Group on fire. I don't know. I don't know whether that is going to come this tournament. There have been encouraging signs. There have been encouraging performances from players. More than anything, I've liked the unity of the team. I sometimes think that Roy Hodgson's got stuff wrong, and then on occasions we've seen him have fantastic substitutions
1: and be brave would that be why during that first game against Russia you shouted on about 60 minutes oh come on you old owl make a substitution <laughs> I think I called him a grey owl Sorry, yeah grey owl yeah there were fans
0: next to me calling him much worse yes
1: yes to be fair I think look we saw in the last game when he tried to throw everything at it to make sure that we got the result we needed. It didn't necessarily work. I think Harry Kane needs to get on the score sheet. I think he's taken a bit too much flack, actually, I have to say. It's not the poor lad's fault that he's played three games. He hasn't played every single minute of every single game and he's not scored. So perhaps the best is yet to come from Harry Kane and perhaps this is where he excels. Oh, look, let's give credit where it's
0: due to Roy.
1: Tactics in the Wales game,
0: spot on. Okay, make the changes, get the result we needed, fine. Tactics in the third game against Slovakia, off. You do not make six changes to a side where you need to top the group in order to have an easier run in the draw. So, whatever happens against Iceland, and we're recording this before that results in, we've made it harder for ourselves and we didn't need
1: to. I mean, why? That's not like England, is it? <laughs>
0: Why was he not starting for that match? I can understand some players being rested, or when you've got five strikers to choose from, you let some of them have a run-out that haven't had a run-out before. But you don't change some of your key
1: personnel for an important match. And actually it backfired because most of them had to end... Well, some of them had to end up coming on to try and rescue the situation. Um, We'll see what happens with that game as well. Um, Big tie coming up, uh, Italy versus Spain. That should be an interesting one to look forward to. And as we've been through the group stages now and we're looking at these uh, round of 16 and looking ahead to the quarterfinals, who's your tip with now, Lindsay? Are you going to stick with Germany, which is what I think you said originally?
0: Well, Germany were who I got in the sweepstake and then I just... Thought I can't really see past them, even when, and this is the difference, isn't it? Even when Germany aren't playing great, they get the results. A goal will come from somewhere, even though they probably have less striking options than England. Not probably, there's no probably about it. They have less striking options than England right now in their team, but they will score more goals than us this tournament. And that speaks volumes. I I think Italy have looked really strong. I like Italy, I, I fancy them knocking Spain out. And France, the hosts, are going to be really tough to beat.
1: They are. Now, they're my pick, but I have to say, they've not had the easiest run in the group stages. They've not amazed me like I thought that they were going to. They have stuttered. I hope that they find their rhythm now and they do it. But really, this next game, you know, well, it goes without saying, without without, without being too obvious, it is critical for France, but it is important that we see the France who we're going to feel encouraged by if they're going to win this. Do you know who else I think you should really keep an eye on is Portugal. I know they've been way but that game was awful know, last I, night.
0: I it, it, yes, absolutely. I hated watching it. I've hated watching them. I thought they'd been pretty much dire dross, but you watch. You just watch. It's when, it's when you get these draws, last sort of five-minute goals, play really badly, still progress.
1: It will click in a game. It will click in a game and... I think I think Portugal have nearly been found out twice now and I don't I don't think it's long before they're out. And I I, I also have got a beer in my bonnet about the way that Ronaldo's conducted himself during this tournament. I don't think he He's done himself any favours either. Um, let's not talk about Portugal because I'm not a big fan of them. Um, let's talk about our, if we're to, just to reflect back a little bit on our surprise picks. <laughs> now, you've got lots to say about Austria, haven't you? Because they've done I, they've done nothing. <laughs> I went out to Austria and I watched Austria in Austria. That's how supportive she was of her surprise picks. <laughs> she went to the country to try and help them out, gee them along a bit. They were my dark horses. They had
0: such a good run in qualification for this European <laughs> Championship. However, it's not really gone right, has it? Since they've been in France. It's
1: not really gone right, no.
0: Um, I felt for them. I felt for them. But yeah, it was disjointed
1: performances. Yeah. That's what I would say more than anything disjointed. I, I think it was a lack of big tournament experience as well, wasn't yeah. it, ultimately? Um, it's starting to rain where we are. So our beautiful little scene, of the square that we're in and our jus d'orange in front of us, there's there's a croissant going spare, is starting to be rained upon slightly. And um, so we won't take up too much of your time. Um, just to run you through my surprise picks, they both played each other, so I had Switzerland in the sweepstake and Poland as my dark horse. And um, Poland, of course, coming out the better of that game, but what a great goal from Shakiri. That might also not have been a great game, but it was a great goal by Shakiri. Oh, lovely goal, lovely goal. Uh, yes, I'm looking forward to seeing what Poland do next. Very, very interesting one for me. So I'm very happy that they're still in it. I've got Spain as the other um, sweepstakes that i How many teams in. have you got? I'm basically covering all covering bases. I was in 24 sweepstakes before the... To- no, I wasn't really. <laughs> Um, All right, well, we're going to round things up here by giving you a few of our best and worst moments, I think. We've only been out here briefly, but hopefully enough to give you a sense um, of the atmosphere. Very different, really, Marseille and Paris during this Euro 2016 experience. Lindsay, a best and a worst bit for you. Okay. well, a best bit
0: might be fresh in the memory from last night. It's got to be one for telling your friends and family when you get home, isn't it? When you've been singing karaoke tunes with Alan Shearer
1: until 4 in the morning. Not just karaoke tunes, but boardroom karaoke.
0: We're in a boardroom. boardroom karaoke. And and it was Neil Lennon's birthday, and he was singing too. Uh, Dean Saunders was hysterical. He kept saying about how Wales had got through to (laughs) the last 16. 16. He's like, no, you're in the last eight now, Dean.
1: He hadn't quite digested the result, had he? Yeah, we had a very funny light uh, last night. Best bit, worst bit for you? Oh, the 11-hour delay on the Eurostar, I think. For me, it was straight after that Russia game when I, I basically felt that we'd lost. I couldn't, I couldn't get it out of my head that it was only a draw. Yeah, <laughs> you kept saying that we'd lost, <laughs> because that's how it felt. Um, best bit for me, probably in Marseille, you know, against all the run of things with the tear gas and the violence and everything else going on there, we still managed to have a really good time. And I think for us, we're out uh, with some colleagues until quite late as well, it has to be said, with the impending Eurostar journey the next day, dancing our little bottoms off.
0: Yeah, not that there's a theme at all to these podcasts because um, in Marseille, we recorded a podcast, we were both hungover, had sunglasses on, (laughs) sat out in the street trying to get coffee and breakfast inside of us, and in Paris, Right here, right now, we're doing a similar thing.
1: I think in France, it's called a déjà vu. It's a déjà vu. <laughs> uh,
0: we'll leave it there. We, we've literally been giving you a bit of a fans' experience for this one. There is, there is no, <laughs> no there's no um, statistics that we're going to throw at you. It's just purely giving you a bit of insight to what it's been like for us covering a couple of games at the Euros this summer. Um, and we hope you've enjoyed it. And, and it's more really about the
1: videos so go on the <laughs> video pages. Uh, we hope you have enjoyed the podcast as well as enjoyed, as Lindsay said, uh, to bring you a flavour of what's been going on here. So that's it, over and out from the offside rule here in Paris. Bon chance to all the teams taking part in the Euros. Um, England too as well. We might have missed them here in Paris but we may well still catch them another time. Who knows? Uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for downloading. Check out the Facebook page, our YouTube page as well, the Offside Rule TV, um, Facebook for live videos, and plenty going on on Twitter and on our website, Offside Rule Podcast, during the summer. Have fun. Yes! Oh, oh, yes! The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tires. Sports Social Podcast Network.